0: Hello, everyone. If we haven't met before, I'm Alex Storm, I'm the co-founder of TechTO. I'm an operator with two exits, done a bit of professional service, and I'm an active investor as the head of it Canada for Angelus and a partner at n 4 P. Welcome to Founders and Funding. The idea behind the show is to help you demystify the fundraising process, the relationship between investors and founders, get to what really takes to build a successful company as part of a team. Today, I'm super excited to feature uh, Kathleen, founder and CEO of Calico. Um, and, we, and Coleco is a, the end to end production management platform for brands and their factories to design, to develop, and produce seamlessly together in one place. And with uh, joining Kathleen, will be uh, Jonah, for, uh, the managing director and general partner of Accelerprise. Uh, hey guys, I can see you've joined us uh, joined us up here. Before we, we get into our fireside, the rules of the game for the people that are joining us live. First, if you haven't found it yet, on the side there, you can chat. Tell us where you're from, who you are, why you joined us. Also, there's a Q&A tab. If you put questions there, uh, we'll weave it into the conversations today. Uh, a couple more things before we get started. Uh, there's like what I call the mode canon. You know, don't want to talk, don't want to add something in the chat, don't have questions. Just give us some feedback by pressing those emojis. Like you know, the uh, my favorite personal favorite is the blue heart. Uh, and after this, we're gonna have some networking and. If you there's any t- takeaways you love, any feedback for you ha- you have, go to social media, use the hashtag TechTO, and we'll get to it, and it'll help spread the word. Thank you so much for participating in this. Uh, I'd like to start a c- conversation with Kathleen and Jonah, but after we do the conversation with them, we have something special today. We're going to have six more startups from Excel Prize, give you a two-minute introduction to who they are and what they're doing. So without any further delays, I'd like to welcome Jonah and uh, Kathleen to the stage. Hey guys.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: So, you know, as, I, as we were mentioning before in the back studio, the backstage, it's, it's great to see two people in person together. We haven't been able to do that in Canada for like, it feels like 25 years. So excited to see that you're together. Um, we'd love to start just both of you. Can you introduce yourself, provide a bit of background to how you got to where you are today? Uh, we'll start with Kathleen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Serial founder. I had a few businesses before this, um, mostly in direct consumer brands, uh, mostly in fashion. Um, really figured out that during my lifetime, there like, during during kind of growing those brands, there was a, a massive need for us to figure out how to effectively manage production. Um, set out to basically solve that problem. So, it's how we're here. Oh, Excellent.
2: Yeah, uh, so I actually started um, as an entrepreneur about 20 years ago in engineering school up at Western and realized engineering was not for me, um, built a couple of businesses, a services business that I bootstrapped and then exited, and then went back over to uh, the technology side. And I was a part of some pretty large corporately backed startups um, that raised you know hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, did that, moved to the US, and then founded a a company called Limelight um, that raised a pretty significant amount of money. And when I was starting Limelight, I realized I had no idea how to run a software as a service business at all. And I really wanted help. And six years ago, there wasn't a lot of early stage risk capital in Toronto or Canada in general. And I wanted to get piped into a US network, US VCs, um, so I was looking for software as a service accelerator, SaaS accelerators, and I found Um Six years later, you know, Limelight's an ongoing concern and a success where I'm still a, the chair, uh, but they were looking to expand AccelerPrize to Canada, and I figured I would be a, a great candidate to share what I'd learned on the journey with other Canadian founders.
0: So, and how long ago was that?
2: Uh I, we started Excelprize in Toronto about 18 months ago and Excelprize has been doing this for 7 years.
0: So maybe you can explain a bit more about exactly what Accelerprise offers and how you get the founders involved and then I'd like to hear Kathleen how you ended up in an Excelprize co- uh, cohort.
2: Yeah, so we like to think of ourselves as kind of the first check-in and as your fractional co-founder. So, you know, there's a number of different accelerators and they all kind of have different things, but our central thesis is like founders don't need school. You don't need homework. What you need are people that have done this before, working shoulder to shoulder with you building your business. So, you know, we never have more than 10 companies at a time. So the first thing you need is, you know, it's getting better in Toronto. And Alex, you know, this intimately running List. There's never been more angel investing in Canada and there's still not nearly enough. So getting that first $100,000 is still really difficult. So we come armed with, you know, in a hundred thousand dollar check, you know, you're not too early for Excel Prize If you've got an MVP or even a little before, we're we're happy to fund, and we want to work with you on getting you from kind of idea, product, and market to where you can raise a significant U.S. style seed round within the sixteen weeks we're working together.
0: And is it a rolling intake?
2: Yeah, rolling intake, and uh, I will shamelessly self promote founders. Hit us up. We're writing checks.
0: <laughs> cool. So, Kathleen, um, how did you find Acceler Prize? What appealed to you? Tell, tell us a bit why you're sitting beside Jonah right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I started my company, I basically I basically was looking for a partner. Like I was looking for someone who would, again, take us from zero to 100 million, 100, like 100 billion um, and so I, le- I reached out to my network, spoke with a few founders. Um, they recommended I speak to Jonah and got in touch with the team. And basically from there, it was a pretty quick, I don't know, like pretty quick, like fit. Um, I-, I love the fact that Excel Prize, you know, is a fractional co-founder. Their first check in, they believe in you when you have probably not too much uh, behind you. But they're they're willing to kind of take that leap of faith and and take you to, um the next level and that's really what i was looking for with from an accelerator from a partner because i knew that this was a business that i wanted to build um to really own a, a whole category so needed the right partners and they were it
0: so i love a bit more context like when you first yeah. reached out what was your idea like how how far along were you was it just a vision had you you know tell tell us Do you remember what it was like and where you were at
1: Yes, yes. It feels like a while ago, but it's it's actually not that long ago. Um, COVID has not held my uh, my timeline. Um, but basically, when I reached out, you know, it was very early. We, we probably had a napkin idea at best, um, a few key points of traction, but not like, you know, we've got 10, 10k MRR. Uh, you know, there weren't any of those metrics really in place. It was really just us and a vision um, and a conversation with Jonah, and he, he saw something in us and believed in it. And so that's really how early we were when we first started at, at Prize. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's also really a testament to what he was saying with, you know, they're really the first check-in. Um, there's there, there wasn't a requirement for us to hit certain metrics to get in, I think. It was just vision, clarity, founder, and big market.
0: So Jonah, I don't know if you remember Kathleen's application. Tell us if you do or if you don't, just walk us through the process and how you select. Because like you said, you, no more than 10 companies are participating any time. There's a few B2B companies in this, in this ecosystem across Canada. So how do you decide who let in? What appealed to you about Kathleen or her idea? Love to get a bit of sort of behind the scenes and decision making here.
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we're just we're just betting on people, right? So quite often, people have, you know, no revenue or, you know, Kathleen had a couple hundred bucks in revenue. Um, ultimately, what we saw was someone really driven, really personable, really motivated, um, who deeply understood a pain point in a category. And, you know, we believed in her and the team she assembled's ability, believed to solve the problem because one of the challenges I had in Canada was lots of people want to see proof that you're right before investing. And that's not helpful because you need a little bit of money to prove you're right in many cases. And so we're actually not looking for proof that you're right yet. We're just looking for a unique insight from someone great or who's got the potential to be great. And then, you know, bring them into the team and let's make some mistakes together and have some wins together. And
0: is the process an online application, a couple interviews?
2: Yeah. Online application, uh, two phone calls and a check, um, from zero to check we're three hours. There's not a lot of due diligence to do because you, you know, founders you early, you don't have much yet. So we don't pretend. So it's like, do we believe in the idea? You know, do you have a unique insight? Um, but we never, it never takes more than three hours to get from to a decision or a check with us.
0: That that's impressively quick. Um, Quick question from our audience. Uh, Juzer is asking a question for you. What is your configuration for funding, equity, debt, or something else? And what is the range percentage?
2: Yeah, so we write safes and we end up with uh, five or seven and a half percent. And like all the other kind of big US style accelerators, so like YC, Alchemist, AngelPad, Techstars, we're in the same range as, as them. But it's a straight safe like off the YC website. Um, the last thing we all want to be doing at super early stage is talking to lawyers. Uh, no offense, Osler, if you're listening to this, I still love you. <laughs> yeah,
0: lots of great lawyers out there, but look, they don't, they honestly, they don't want to be involved in an early stage like this too. It's not cost effective for them. Um, and Kathleen, do you remember like getting, you know, when Jonah turned around and said, Hey, do you want to be part of this program? What did you, was it an immediate? Yes. Did you have to do more research and and what were you expecting?
1: Oh yeah. I freaked out. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, when, when Jonah called, definitely, definitely it was a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was an instant yes for me because I, you know, I had also knew their, their, their magic with some startups and had their track, they had, their great, they had a great track record. Um, Jonah, I thoroughly enjoyed as a person. And so when he kind of gave us the acceptance, it was like, yes, a hundred percent. Um, not much, you know, not much back and forth there, I think, with that one.
2: No, not really. No. <laughs> that one was pretty.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, silently screamed and then, you know, like, you know, celebrated.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I hope it was pre-COVID so you could actually, like, go out and have a drink with a friend or. Oh, know.
1: no, it was definitely <laughs> it was during It was, definitely. During Is there, COVID. was
0: during COVID? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I have no sense of time because I think I talked to you just after you got accepted. So now let's talk a bit about the magic because you you mentioned you, know, uh, you mentioned a couple other programs out there yc or let's even go to Techstars. those are those have batches too but they are a fixed time program they run you through like you know i think yc it's kind of loose they get you out to dinners they well, like i not do that no, 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 but like they focus on a 3 month sprint we have a demo day and you know your you know, ideas growth tech stars i can't remember how long it is but they have mentor madness and they uh, give you know they they have programs that everyone's starting at the same point so how's your program different and how do you create that magic? And then, you know, love to hear, hear you from you, Joan. And then, uh, Kathleen, I would love to hear about the magic that was created.
2: Yes. Yeah, so a couple of pieces of the magic are, first of all, we only do B2B software. So we've got a really unique wheelhouse where, you know, um, some of the other ones will be like, yeah, we know hardware, we know consumer, we know software. And there's really two things, three things that we focus on. Um, first and foremost, it's, helping you to get traction. So whether that's the form of revenue or product usage. So we're in there with you, helping you to build your traction. And that's not just like saying, hey, you should do this, but that's literally like writing copy with you, helping you to build a website, making customer introductions, doing product with you. Like we're in it with you. Um, that's piece number one. And when they say we, it's obviously you spend time one-on-one with a partner every single week who knows your business. So that's where we get the fractional co-founder. And then we've got hundreds of mentors behind us from the first couple of generations of great SaaS companies like, you know, Eric Juan from Zoom, the CEO is an investor, that, that type of. And then so we've got access to that organization. Um, but there's tons of organizations like that. The second piece is founder support, because um, for those of you out there starting companies, it's really, really hard. And you don't really have a lot of people you can be honest with. You know, you go out to investors, you tell them you're crushing it. You have to tell everyone how awesome you're doing it, and it's not—it's a roller coaster. It's not always awesome. Um, and so, having people you can be open and vulnerable with, and just be like, "I don't know what to do here," that can empathize and put you with other people that have been there, because we don't always know. The only people I'm really afraid of on this journey is people who are absolutely sure you need to do X. No one's ever done what Kathleen's done before. So definitionally, we're not always gonna know. So supporting the, the person behind the founder um, is really, really important to us. And the third is fundraising. So we've had 800 funds um, co-invest with us in our portfolio. And because we put out so many companies, uh, we have a huge network of VCs primarily in the US that we walk our companies into. So our average company got more than 40 fund meetings with us uh, last cohort. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, each each other accelerator is different. Like YC's got an awesome hype machine for fundraising. The best. Yeah. But they're not spending, partners are not spending one-on-one time every single week with each founder. They're just not. The numbers don't work. They have 350 companies per cohort. We have 10.
0: Yeah. And then, thanks for the explanation, Kathleen. I'd love to hear how that magic worked out for you. So take us back. You you joined and then what, what surprised you um, about the program and how did it transform you or help you push your idea forward and your company forward?
1: Um, Okay. So I don't even know if I had the words to describe how much it's transformed me, but I can walk you through just kind of that experience. Like first of all, uh, very much a solo founder here. So not only was Jonah uh, and the team you know, advisors and fractional co-founders, they were like therapists, (laughs) honestly, to the point where, where, um, you know, like there was a component of our every kind of one-on-one where, you know, we would just talk. And I think that's super important when you're going down this like founder journey, because you're completely right. Like if you're just completely right, like you can't always be crushing it. Um, there were definite moments where I was like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is, this isn't like, I'm having a bad time. Um, but so, you know, with that one on one, with that kind of really hands on help, that contextual help, um, it wasn't just giving me just like generic smart advice. It was like, okay, well, this is your business. Like, this is how we're going to solve it. Let's fix it together. Um, and that I think was super important in the early days of you know what we were doing because we made a lot of mistakes. We definitely didn't have all the answers to start. Um, but with Prize, we may- made less. Bad mistakes. I guess that's the way to, to, to put it. Um, and so, you know, going through the program not only helped me on the business side of things, but it helped me be a better CEO. I think I think they definitely, you know, saw something in me, helped me kind of, you know, kind of evolve in that in that time frame. Um, and when it came down to fundraising and pitching, I think hands down, that was like by and large uh, the biggest biggest value add I've seen from the program. Um, they're not kidding when they say like they you know, you get on average 40 meetings, I'm pretty sure we got it slightly. You had so
2: many meetings. We had so many.
1: <laughs> we had so many. Um, And it's really, really helpful, you know, when you're one, you're going out there for the first time, like you need to meet as many people as possible. Two, a lot of these were US funds, and it's like the border was closed, it's not like I could have flown over to the valley and hung out there for, you know, five weeks to, to make this happen. Um, and so with, with their network, their support, I'm talking support like 24 hour call me <laughs> at any time support, um, we were able to raise a pretty significant seed round from like a name brand, U.S. USBC. Um, and so that, that whole journey, I like, they will never take credit for it, but I have to say like they've, they've been instrumental in this piece. So for all the founders that are looking to do that, I highly, highly recommend it.
0: So I want to get more into the current fundraise you just did. But before that, I'd love to explain, spend a bit of time explaining what your company actually does. Cause I gave yeah. it a brief introduction, but like for people that don't know you don't know what your company does, explain it. And I actually would love to see also after you explain that, maybe say some, some tweaks you made based on the, your learnings going through Excel
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, what Calico is essentially, it's a command center for brands, specifically their product developers, to work better with their suppliers to get their products to market. We're taking over the pre commerce category that's worth $1.4 trillion today. Um, and we're making it easy for e commerce brands to scale up to billions of dollars very, very quickly. We stand up supply chains in a matter of moments. Um, so, what you can do with us is go through the typical kind of product development stages instead of in fractional, fragmented pieces across email and Excel, we, you know, we built a very collaborative platform for you to do that all in one place. So that's us in a nutshell. I would say, I mean, pre-commerce, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: We invented a word. <laughs> so you don't a category. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Um, I, I would say this was, you know, this, is, this was not the same company that I started out with, um, you know, over the course of 3 months we not only created a category we created a narrative we like we really like the, the team here really helped us put calico and and position it in a way that made sense um, beyond folks cuz i I've, I've been in the industry for a good number of years now and so for for me kind of going through the weeds like i just it was hard for me to kind of abstract my way away my way out of it and so when you're trying to explain something that you've been living for for five years it, because of uh, your previous experience it's kind of hard to do that but jonah and team were able to basically go okay well this is what you're actually doing this is you know let's let's kind of talk about how we want to position yourselves in the narrative um and we actually came up with a very decent one i would say um so that, that's that's that i would I, I mean that's kind of the hands-on help that you get here
0: so so i i love what you said about positioning there, because I, I think so many founders get so close to their product, it's hard for them to take the step back and position it to people that aren't familiar with it. So, I, I could hear that; I'd be amazing. So, um, I would love to go about you talk a bit about your current fundraise and how the two of you work to, to accomplish it, because I think Accelerate, you, you know, Jonah, you guys are coming in a bit different place than most people we have on the founders and funding. Lots of times, we're talking to the person that invested in the seed round or the A round, and the rounds come to get, you know the rounds come together with a bit of negotiations and there's a talk about the relationship after you you guys come in like you says co founders so as your companies come to raise how do you lean and how do you prepare them and then yeah let's start there
2: yeah so the biggest thing first is um, it's all about the narrative right so we take what the strongest part of the company is and it could be traction it could be team it could be market. It could be, you know, what I call waves, like Zuora had the most famous with the subscription economy. So what bigger wave are you then capturing? And then we try to tell a story about how this company right now with this founder is gonna dramatically change the face of the landscape that they're in. And I always start off, I do a product I do a product talk, and I always say, no one cares about your product, they care about their problem, and so we really try and hammer that home. So we start with narrative, which we'll develop together, um, and then depending on the founder, right, Kathleen happens to have come up with a you know two point five million dollar slide that was like Calico plus Shopify plus Stripe, and VCs were like, um, she's got a lot of design chops. But we do everything from design. We run you through pitch practice with founders that have done it before, with later stage VCs, with um, other early stage VCs and keep feeding back to you. We build your data room with you, um, and then we'll walk you into you know forty plus different fund meetings. Um, but it's iterative, right? Most founders, when they're fundraising, have to call me after a full day of fundraising, and then we can back channel and get feedback. And we're you know we're rebuilding the deck you know, every couple of days until it starts to land.
0: You, you mean it's not the one deck and done?
2: No. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and
0: yeah, and Kathleen, like, why don't you walk, walk through? You said you had forty, you know, forty meetings plus forty plus meetings. So how do you approach? You know, obviously, Prize seems to be helping you a lot here. But how do you approach? Who to meet? How to meet? You know, and and how do you keep? You know, smiling throughout the whole process.
1: A lot of caffeine um, <laughs> um you no know, for i mean the way i kind of approached fundraising was one you know we we came with a very specific mission not only to raise money but raise it from the right folks um we were really excited about having the right people around the table and so that's kind of been the driving point of this entire fundraising process for us and so when we first started like we really had a plan of attack. Like, I think I think it was like, these are the, these are the people we wanna to talk to, um, you know, these are the questions we should ask, you know, these are how we should dive deeper. Cause it's not just about having a great large check in your bank account at the end of the day. It's really about having um, folks that can give you that unfair advantage. And so I was very methodical with that. Um, but also I have to say very much called Jonah at the end of every day to, not only give him an update, but like unload and iterate again. So every day I would say I, we, we changed something. Um, I'm very done with PowerPoint for the <laughs> foreseeable future, <laughs> but, but it was very much a process that like, you know, that, that they helped me on a daily basis because there's no way I would have been able to do, I think it was a hundred plus meetings,
4: actually. You
2: had meetings.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a lot in a very short amount of time. Um, and so, that that very much was 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 something that Accelerprise helped me with, but we, we came in with a plan of attack and, and that was something I don't think I could have done alone.
0: So uh, I like the fact that you had a debrief every day. Um, two questions about that. One is there what was the hardest well, I guess what was the hardest part or biggest evolution from the first pitch to the last pitch? Was it the positioning was it, was explaining the use of proceeds, or was it was it or was it just a bunch of small changes every every couple of days?
1: A lot of small changes every single day. I think. Um, I think there were a few few bumps. I think
2: the biggest one for for her, and this happens to a lot of founders, especially Canadian founders, is you have to be confident without being arrogant. We come across as as polite is a nice way of saying it, but meek a lot of times to U.S. funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so just you know, uh, we had we had a saying in, in our in our cohort which. I probably shouldn't repeat, but, um, it was about confidence. And she also flipped it on its head before, you know, it's like, Oh, thanks. It's great to meet you. I love your fund to halfway through. She's like, yeah, hi. Um, what are the three most value add things your fund's going to do for me? Like measurably right now. Um, and just flipping that on its head seemed to have some pretty significant results. And then, yeah, it's, there's no, like, there's no magic, you know, despite my joke, there's no magic slide, right? It's, it's the sum of incremental improvements. It's answering your go-to-market 10% better. It's explaining how your ACVs are going to rise a little clearer, and the sum of all those changes just makes her sound as competent as she is and as confident as a CEO of you know a company that will one day hopefully go public is going to be. Um, so that's a journey.
0: So Jonah, come on, you can share that saying. You know, it's only between a few of us.
2: All right. Well. What did you say? Alexis, slack me if I'm not allowed. No. So we, we are saying that she needed to have white man confidence.
0: Fair enough. And I, I actually, I'd go American white man. Um, <laughs> because like, I, I think, I think one of the things you mentioned there, which I think is systematic in Canada is we talk about what we've done and then sort of say what we will do, but Americans talk about what they're going to do. And so, it's not an often I get an American VC come to do back channel to me and say, "Really love this team, but they don't seem ambitious enough or eager enough." So it's it's interesting to see here you're still training. You know, despite coming from the states, your program still has to train up Canadians and how to be more, more, you know, less 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 apologetic and more uh, sharing the vision that we all have in our head. Yeah, um, more forceful.
2: It makes a huge difference.
0: And Kathleen, um, you know, imagine you said like hundred plus meetings, uh, and I'm sure some went really well and some were less as well. So how do you, you know, how do you soldier on another day? Uh, and, and, and how do the having a team around you help to do that?
1: How did I wake up the next day?
0: No, 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 no. Like how did you keep the confidence? Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, a few things. One, definitely what, what Jonah has, has imparted on us with the, uh, you know, with his wisdom. Um, but I kept the confidence because we knew what we were building was was valuable. Like, it, it, we were running a business parallel to this. And so with fundraising, every time we got a no, we got maybe a customer going down, like, you know, for, for a demo or signing a contract. And so for me, I kind of kept that light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, I know we're building something really valuable. Um, and beyond that, like, we we spoke with a lot of VCs and we don't have to be everyone's like cup of tea. Uh, I think, I think you, I think at the end of the day, there's a very small makeup for your round. And it is like Jonah would, would have said multiple times. It's a numbers game at the end of the day. And, and sometimes you just don't fit the, the criteria. That's okay. Um, and so for us, for us, it was just, you know, find the right partners, um, find the right fit, drink a lot of caffeine um, and, you know, don't get, don't get too down because at the end of the day, like we're, we're at the C level. Uh, we're going to be the series a next time. And, you know, we will have those, uh, we'll have those proof points that they were looking for.
0: Um, cool. And I'd love to hear how the relationship between you and Jonah changes. Now that you've got new investors around the table, um, what, what's expectations here? How are you, you know, the seller prize take a sort of backstage or, you know, step back. What's, what's expectations.
1: I don't think so. I think he's letting me stay in this house for a little <laughs> while, so <laughs> I'm paying rent now, no I'm kidding. Um no, I, I, I don't ever think that they would probably take a backstage. I think they're definitely a community that we would be a part of for for a very long time. Um you know, they they very much were the fractional co-founders that got us here. And even though yeah, maybe we'll we'll be at our next next stage forward, I I, I don't plan on um, forgetting the original family. So And and plus it really does help that, you know, he's got a whole house behind (laughs) it.
2: Yeah, Um, we've got a seed fund and a seed fund platform. So for like seed to A, we're still massively valuable. Um, And then this is true for all founders, whether it was us or someone else. In the most formative stages, it's like childhood friends. Like you never have friends like your childhood friends. You really never have investors like the investors that were there with you at the beginning because there's just a lot more vulnerability. So... We always look at it as like once you've got a seed round, it's our job to help you get the Series A, and then yes, our value after A very much goes down as like business help, um, but it, in terms of the community, like you know, we still have office Jenga tournaments, and like that's fun. <laughs>
0: and, and talking about you know, you're you alluding to, you now have a physical office or a physical house in Toronto. Um, can and I think with the current cohort, because of COVID, you have companies from all across Canada. What, if you want to apply, are you looking for people to be located in Toronto, or are you no? We've got companies
2: all over North America. We've got some companies in Europe, like Andreessen just led a, a big round from someone from the UK. Uh, we've got some stuff in in you know um, in Nigeria this cohort as well. So my primary mandate is to back great Canadian founders wherever they happen to be. Um, our program is set up that you can take it remote. You can also be in person. It's choose your own adventure. Every founder is different, and everyone's journey is going to be different. We preach that a lot. So um, if you're Canadian, or you know, or my New York, my my U.S. partners are doing Americans. If you're in North America and you're building something great, building a business. Oh, you
5: wait, you're online. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: Sorry about the interruption here. Uh, yeah, so you, you got the American partners there, and then, so Kathleen, you're, you're now currently going to work out of the Accelerate Prize House. Um, what you know, what what is what is the goals? So you close this round. What is your goals for the next like eighteen months? So are you you're you going to be like fair in eighteen months? <laughs>
1: Well, Fair is at $7 billion in mm-hmm. valuation right now. So, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, go with this this current round, um, really hire the, a world-class team. You know, we, we've got a few folks that we've got our eyes, eyes on. We've got a few milestones that we really want to hit, um, specific logos that we want to go out to. And I think that's really where the, the money is going to go towards. And so, if you're looking to work at a great place, we are hiring.
0: So, how um, can someone get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, uh, at our website, it's calicoai.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is not that common, I think, or just find my face, <laughs> and then we can chat.
6: And,
0: and uh, for both of you, we've just gone on the period like COVID, you know, we, for like the last time of this year, I'd be asking, how's COVID impacting your business? Now, I think Ontario and Canada's been super cautious. We're about to open the economy again, I hope. Um, how does that change how you both go about doing business?
2: Uh, for us, it doesn't change a ton. I mean, obviously people will be more in physical spaces. I think fundraising has forever changed. When I fundraised and you know um, I, I raised a bunch of money at my last one, you'd have to still like go to everyone's office and you can get in like three or four meetings a day. Now you can get you know eight meetings in a day, and you, you know the time you can do it in is much less. Um, we can get mentors from all over. So we always had world-class mentors, but now it's much easier to schedule them because they can do it from their, you know, their living room. Um, so I actually think it's, this is additive because we're going to take the good parts of remote and add it to the in-person community we always had and be a little bit more distributed. Um, but our mission of, you know, helping you get traction, helping you get fundraising, supporting you as a human, isn't going to change. Um, and we had a lot of this work-from-home stuff before. I mean, we're a cloud software investor, so this is kind of always our thing.
5: Yeah, for us,
1: I think it, it, it's just like we're going to be primarily remote first moving forward, which is probably not something I could have said uh, prior to COVID without folks going, why? Um, but but for us, you know, it's changed how we look at hiring. Uh, it's changed how we run our business in the sense where we're I definitely think instead of just hiring within the first, like the the Toronto bubble, we can now expand this to North America. Um, and I think that allows us to tap into a a, a much larger pool of talent for for our um, for our startup, and so better folks, world class team, and that that's broadened our horizons there. I think for the foreseeable future, we'll be very much remote first, and so as much as I love this. <laughs> Physical space here. Um, our team. Our team will benefit from being able to work from anywhere and from our, anywhere they're comfortable.
0: I'd love to get to the other Accelerate companies that are waiting to talk about who they are. But one more question for each of you. So, Kathleen, um, do you think COVID and remoteness is going to accelerate the amount of new brands and new basically new customer opportunities for you? Or you because you know, I feel like because I feel like it would to one point we've had like Amazon become more dominant, but now everyone's trying to more purchase more stuff online. So how does this help her doesn't make a difference to you?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, if anything, COVID's definitely helped uh, D C brands and e-commerce brands uh, grow. I think we, it's proven, I think it's accelerated it by at least five, 10 years. Um, but with, with, whatever that means, you know, retail cycles have changed, which means production cycles have changed, which means there's a greater need for what we're building. Um, and I, I highly highly think that this has grown uh, or i basically helped folks realize that they can have brands or start brands very very easily um, and i yeah I, I 100% think that this is this has helped us so. and, and
0: quick follow up to that and how do you yeah. think it's you know there's been a lot of talk about supply chains so is there any different approach to supply chains than before
1: Well, yeah, I think up until like a year ago, nobody could get toilet paper. I think (laughs) I think no one really cared too much about supply chains. It wasn't sexy. And I think now that there's they've realized how um, maybe how not as resilient as as it was, as they thought it was, that there's there's going to be a new guard of folks coming out and building great new supply chain uh, technology to help support different verticals. So very excited to be part of that new guard. But um, 100 percent, I think COVID has shown a huge light on how fragile some some industries are
0: cool and uh Jonah one question for you then is you know you guys focus on b2b um other industry like the two trends that everyone talked about in COVID was you know distributed workforces and excel you know acceleration of adoption of technology what is there any other trend accelerator is looking at that people haven't talked about as much and you'd like to see companies have when they fly or could take advantage of when they fly?
2: Yeah, I think those are, you know, we had a future of work practice before COVID. So we actually got pretty lucky because that acceleration happened, even though that's not how you want to get lucky. That is what happened. Um, I think the third one that we're seeing is because, you know, people are all distributed um, and people are drowning in information in your tools. If you think about how many SaaS logins each company has, you probably have like 50. And then each one's got its own dashboard. So you're just drowning in all this data. So one of the things I increasingly look for is how do you take information and turn it into insights? And that doesn't necessarily mean AI, but it could mean everything from, yeah, you've got a dashboard, but instead of making the user check their 50 dashboards every day, you're now pushing the relevant information. Like, hey, this isn't working or this is working. Um, So moving moving the end user from active to passive. And then the other one is, um, the consumerization of B2B software has been happening for a long time, but now it used to be like, you know, IT buys it and then you're at your desk and like, but increasingly things are going to get adopted from a bottoms up motion from people using it on their computer because they were using it anyways. And so the consumerization play into larger and larger annual contracts is absolutely happening. And I believe here to stay. So we're going to see some more unique go-to-market motions, um, and your UX has never mattered more.
0: I love it, um, and if anyone wants to contact you directly, Jonah, and so that if you know they can go to Accelerprize, or where, how else can I get in touch
2: with you? J O N A H at accelerprise.vc. Hit me up.
0: Excellent, Kathleen and Jonah, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this conversation was very enlightening, and love what you guys are doing uh well now i'd love to get to more accelerated companies give them each two minutes to tell us a bit of what makes them a company to watch so i'd love uh vikram from shabodi to come on stage
5: while we wait um uh, oh here we go hey, hey vikram yo. how you doing can you guys hear me okay perfectly you're crisp i am cri- excellent all right well i'll jump right in thank you guys again so Everyone's talking about 5G, so I'll jump right in. 5G is potentially the biggest disruption since the smartphone. But much like the internet in the 90s, it's still in its infancy. What that means simple. 1G got us cell phones. 2G got us BlackBerry and the remote workforce because you can send and receive encrypted emails. 3G got you browsing on your, on your mobile phones and the Apple and Google app stores. 4G got you every major application we're using today, whether it's Zoom, Netflix, Uber, DoorDash. 5G is all about enterprise. So what 4G was to consumer, 5G is to enterprise. Every major cloud, edge, AI, autonomous application will run on a 5G network. From autonomous vehicles to smart factories, you can't do that without 5G. It's a $250 billion market opportunity by 2027 to basically rebuild enterprise applications that can take advantage of 5G. That's exactly what Shabodi does, is we unlock those capabilities for developers. We give you a set of APIs that let you build next-gen apps on 5G. A little bit by my team, we've had 100 years collective teleco networking and application development experience. Me and my co-founder between us have had 3 co-founded three startups, two exits, and four patents under our belt. I literally do not joke that my co-founder, Harpreet, I call him Iota because he's literally the Jedi Grandmaster of our team and probably the Grandmaster of this industry. I'm probably the Mandalorian that compliments him. We raised a pre-seed round of 200000 early Feb. Acceler Prize was our first check, complimented by a couple of angel investors who are C-level folks with Cisco, Yahoo, and Blexmark. Currently raising a seed round of $2 million. Already have closed $750,000 with Shasta Ventures and Counterview Capital. And me and my co-founder have about another $3.5 million offers we're evaluating in the coming days. Uh, anyone in the audience that's from an enterprise, I would love to talk to you about 5G and how we can, ha- and Shibodi and 5G can help you unlock some really interesting business outcomes. As I mentioned, raise lots of money, so have lots of money to spend. So if anyone's interested, especially key engineers, please reach out to me. And final, wanna say a special thank you to Jonah. He's been our godfather and force of nature. As I mentioned, me and my co-founder have a pedigree, both successful corporate careers and as entrepreneurs. Despite all that, we wouldn't be where we're at without Prize. It's a really great program, irrespective of your lovely experience and scale. So I highly recommend them. And thank you guys. Awesome, awesome,
0: awesome introduction.
5: I try um, to keep it quick,
0: a all... two minute line. Two minutes tough, but you did perfect. And I'm now going to call Jonah 5G godfather. There you go. Thank you so much, Vikram. Now I'd like to call up Sid from Broca. And I think Sid might be joining us from Vancouver or Victoria, if I remember correctly.
6: Vancouver. Hey, Alex, how are you doing, man? Good, how are you? Yeah. Do I I just get started? There you go. Okay. Hey, my name is Sid. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Broca, an AI platform for marketers to create content for their campaigns. Prior to this, I used to do marketing at a bunch of startups. Um, you may have heard of the Canadian success, story, recent one that's Thinkific was uh, IPO for a billion dollars. Um, and at every company that I worked at, uh, the problem was always, in marketing specifically, the problem is always creating content, right? Because you need content for your website, your landing pages, your ad copy, your social media, your blog posts, your emails. Uh, it's always time consuming, expensive. Um, and I've... And, and there's no, there was no good way to solve it until now. So we built an AI platform where, you know, whatever you're doing in, in marketing, you need to create a blog post and promote on social media. We generate that content for you. You are doing a sale. We create the landing page copy and promotional materials. Uh, you have a product that you want to promote. We create a product description uh, and help you promote it out there. Um, you want to do an ad campaign. We create your ad copy and the corresponding landing page. So we've got uh, over 1,000 companies using us right now. We're generating revenue. Um, the Excel price program has been really amazing for us to help us clarify the direction and the vision of the company, give us an early check, and set us up for the fundraise. And right now we're doing a uh, seed round as well. Um, so if there's anyone there who's interested in using our product for your company or wants to invest, then uh, definitely. More seconds
0: minutes. i'm impressed so for the people that want to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you
6: uh sid at usebraca.com so s-i-d at u-s-e-b-r-o-c-a.com excellent sid thank you so much and maybe we should
0: uh, test you out at TechTo. uh now i th- uh, would love to get powell from maxia
6: Um definitely not Maxia, but
7: Yeah
0: not, but I'll take you Sareem.
7: Yeah. So
0: I actually know a bit about Maxia. I don't know anything
7: about Neat. Uh, so I'd love to hear about it. Go go yet. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'll take it away. Uh hi guys, I'm I'm Sarim. I'm the CEO slash lead for uh Neat. Um essentially Neat is a group of engineers and college friends and we're working on a product um, that makes it easy for you. Uh, to track activity across your apps. Um, so to piggyback of Jonah's point about the trends in the B2B space, uh, m- increasingly more and more people have to navigate 50 different dashboards for different applications. So on, an, on, a, on a typical day, you're tracking your Slack, you're tracking your email. Um, and if you're like us, or if you're like most people, you essentially have notifications configured. Uh, you have email notifications configured for your important apps. Well, with Neat, you don't have to do any of that. Uh, with Neat, we run in the background. Uh, we track all of your apps, track all of your integrations and essentially aggregate all of your information in an activity feed that's really easy to use uh, and you can access with a keyboard shortcut, uh, essentially making it easier for you to focus on your work, to snooze on your notifications, um, and not go back to email or Slack looking for that new message that you've been waiting or uh, reach out to someone that you were thinking about. Um, essentially, um, what we need, uh, our core focus right now is we're going to market, so uh, shipping out the product to users, shipping out to early adopters. Uh, we have about 300 people in our wait list, Um, And we're not fundraising right now, but we're hopefully going to go out and fundraise at the end of the summer um, because we want to take take some time and build out the product Uh, coming out of college. uh, That was our primary focus. Um, And I know that I have 39 seconds left. So, Alex, I'd love to answer any questions or give you back your time. And I didn't hear you drop uh, your email address or how people can contact you. Okay, awesome. Uh, my email is sarim, so that's my first name, S A R I M, at getneat.io. I'll drop it in the chat as well. Cool. Um, and I'll just use this last second to thank Accelerate. I feel like they trusted and like a group of engineers coming out of college. It's not uh, common in Canada, so we're really happy about that. And it sounds like you're fundraising at the end of the year or end of the summer? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I um,
0: hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely, Alex. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Next, I have uh, Riley from Level, who I think is coming from like Kensington uh, market area in Toronto. And he's going to talk about uh, contractors and how Level helps them.
3: I love it. You've got you've got a head start on most people. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Alice. Uh, So, yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Riley. Uh, My co-founder, Leroy, and I, along with an awesome team, uh, we're building a fintech platform for residential contractors called Level. So when I say residential contractors, think like electricians, carpenters, general contractors. So 90% of these contracting businesses fail. And this is partially due to the $75 billion that they leave on the table due to bad estimates. And knowing what the price of job, it all starts with having good books. But who likes doing bookkeeping? Not most people and definitely not contractors. So contractors have an even tougher time with it since they work on multiple projects at once and no two are the same. So after speaking to hundreds of contractors, we learned that most can't tell you how much profit they make on a single project. And without knowing where your profits are coming from, it's like trying to win a game without keeping score until the end. Level helps contractors figure out their actual profits on a per project basis. It's something that most of them have never been able to do. So using our app, just start a project, add your crew, and get to tracking your expenses like receipts and time tracking in real time. Don't like doing bookkeeping? We've got you covered there too. Level's bookkeeping service puts the numbers you need to profitably run your business front and center. Soon, we'll be moving into the payment space to ensure contractors get paid on time and the homeowners have options when doing so. Our ultimate goal at Level is to get contractors access to credit, a market that they have been traditionally underserved in. So at Level, we're building financial solutions specifically for contractors. So if you're a contractor and you want to know if your business is sitting just right, don't eyeball it. Check the level. Thank you, and I also want to say thanks to the Acceler Prize team. You guys have been absolutely amazing. You know, Jonah as a mentor, the, the entire team. Uh, you know, couldn't have done all this without you guys. Uh, you know, check checkthellevel.com. You can hit me at riley at check the I'm Happy to chat about anyone who's interested.
0: And Riley, just for anyone who's listening to this, um, <laughs> checkthelevel.com is spelled like. The three words. No, it's not like two Ks or anything like that. It's <laughs> simply,
3: yeah, right? As simple as possible. Check the level.com. You got it.
0: And can you take contractors from anywhere in North America?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, happy to. We we've got people uh, up and down the states, both coasts, all the way down the middle. Um, so yeah, happy to talk to any contractors.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'm all sure right, we're thanks, have a busy week uh, <laughs> weekend of bookings with contractors. Beautiful weather here.
3: Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
0: And last but not least, uh, I'm going to get Pavla from FWF Homey, who makes distributed work more fun.
8: Exactly. Uh, thanks so much for the intro, Alex, and happy Friday, everyone. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Work From Homey. Work From Homey is an employee engagement and culture building platform for remote first teams. We help companies keep their employees happy, healthy, connected, appreciated, and engaged. Uh, the way we do that is by giving organizations access to our platform that makes it super easy to create opportunities for people to connect in the outside-of-work context. So whether it's team socials, whether it's just spicing up those recurring all-hands or uh, or any kind of social opportunities, we can help. So on our platform, we've curated a catalog of over 130 different fun team-building experiences that uh, teams can do together, anything from um, virtual escape rooms to um, Mixology classes where, where uh, the um, ingredients get shipped to everybody, all the way to learning and development workshops. Uh, so while we provide teams with these opportunities to host these events, we're not looking for doing just more screen time, but we're also enabling companies to book safely spaced out tree planting or donating to charity as a team. Uh, The reason why we do all this is to make it easier for companies to create a sense of uh, friendship and camaraderie on their teams, which is something that has become increasingly difficult as we're shifting towards remote first, and it's a net new experience for a lot of companies. Uh, Simultaneously, we also help teams with employee gifting. So anything from onboarding swag uh, to rewards and recognition, milestone celebrations, we put all of these needs on autopilot. Most recently, we've also launched a kudos Slackbot that lets team members not only recognize each other, but also make sure that it uh, sends out a small gift whenever a kudos is given. So, if you're a company that has recently shifted towards remote first, or whether you're a remote first expert, uh, we're looking uh, we're we're helping with in different ways to engaging your team. So, feel free to get in touch with us at wfome.com. Uh Building culture is super hard, so we're here to basically help support all of those functions. We're also, as many of the other companies that presented today, at the tail end of our fundraise. Uh, so if you're interested in that, feel free to reach out to me at pavla at wfhome.com, And uh, that's pretty much it for me. So thank you so much.
0: Prava. So I gotta ask, what's been the most, or what's the most interesting event someone's booked for their team?
8: Damn it. Uh, well, there's a big difference between interesting and most frequent. So I can tell you transparently frequent but, is... Okay. So what's frequent. Uh, this this one's easier. Uh, frequent is escape rooms uh, and murder mysteries by yeah. far. Uh, today we have a we have a poker masterclass happening from somebody who's actually an expert magician, and this is a very very kind of. Unique request that he's been getting from different enterprises. So we're doing poker one on one to get everybody. So
0: so nothing like goat yoga. We're gonna to go to everyone's house. We
8: have all that, but it's boring, right? Everybody has that. Okay,
0: so 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 you're saying poker 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 classes are the way to go.
8: Yeah, that's it.
0: Hmm. Can you do a virtual poker tournament? <laughs> no. uh-uh.
8: I don't want to touch the gambling spaces, as you know, we have we have, uh, we have uh, national banks as our customers. So I don't know I don't know how how much that
0: yeah, so I guess there's another category that no no cannabis related events either. I guess with banks not for
8: now, unless you're California based, in which case we're here for it.
0: Okay. On that note, I'll let you go. If someone wants to get some cool events or reward employees, you now know where to do it. Thanks so much. Um, and I lied. We actually have one more company. Uh, we're gonna try to get uh, Maxia. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Maxia up again. I think we have. Oh, here we have Nigel. Hey, Nigel.
4: Hi. Thanks very much, Alex. Um, Powell is uh, on the road and experiencing some connectivity issues, so he's asked me to take the stage. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Nigel. I'm the Chief Commercial Officer of Maxia, and we're building predictions for everyone. The fastest-growing companies use customer data in sophisticated ways to increase their bottom line. It gets collected, organized, connected, transformed, and analyzed. They refer to it, learn from it, and now make predictions about their customers from it. And it supports so many parts of these companies, sales, marketing, customer support, product, and many more. But being data-driven requires time, money, and an appetite for risk. Let me be clear, it's slow, expensive, and you'll make some, some mistakes. And it can take large enterprises years and millions of investments before a company sees value. In an increasingly digital workplace, and world, the most valuable customer data is being generated inside of common business software, analytics, email marketing, payments, support. Combined, it tells a unique story about each individual customer. At Maxia, we're building a machine learning platform that uses a consistent approach and works for everyone. No coding or wheel in reinventing required. Our smart technology automates the complicated parts it's easy to connect your data and get the customer predictions that are important to your business signups purchases cancellations whatever it is how well do you think you know your customers thank you
0: awesome nigel last minute substitution that worked love it <laughs>